Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Did you know that May is American Stroke Month? Well, it is, and we here at RTU are asking you sometime during the month of May to go to strokeassociation.org and educate yourself. Why is American Stroke Month important? Well, did you know that every 40 seconds someone has a stroke? Did you know that one out of six people will suffer a stroke in his or her lifetime? Did you know that stroke is the leading cause of disability in the United States? Did you know it's the number five cause of death in the United States? We need to make more and more people aware that stroke threatens millions of American lives, young and old, male and female, from every background. And at the same time, stroke is largely preventable, treatable, and beatable. Every May, the American Heart Association with the American Stroke Association recognize American Stroke Month by rallying the nation around the cause because together we can end stroke. So go to strokeassociation.org and learn how to become what's called a stroke hero. Learn the signs. Learn how to recognize the signs. Learn how to be a prevention method yourself. You could be the difference between life and death, between full recovery and permanent disability. Go to strokeassociation.org and educate yourself about it. It's important, folks. It really is. Take a second and go do it. Okay, now time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. This is serious. Serious. We could make you delirious. Just a bit outside. Just gotta stop, man. We keep having the same conversation. Episode number 232. Hi there. Awesome. Hi. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Count We're going to talk New York sports. It's going to be awesome. This is episode number 232. It is live. Well, we are live. It is Thursday, May the 21st. It is 10 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload. Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. Welcome to the program. Um, we have a lot to do tonight, so uh, go grab uh, a beer, go get uh, a cup of coffee. If you're getting this in podcast form at some point over the weekend, I hope your time on the treadmill is going well. I hope your drive is going well. I hope whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to us is going well. I myself have a cup of coffee night, and uh, in a little while I'll probably have a beer. Just relax, talk sports. And other stuff. With Brian Calvin and TJ Cachope. Hi. I'm Steve Sampietro, a.k.a. Sampete. Welcome to the podcast. And thank you 
so very much for joining us. Okay. We've got a lot of sports to talk to, uh, about tonight. We're going to talk about the Mets and the Yankees and the Jets and the Giants and uh, the Rangers in the playoffs and maybe even the Knicks. Maybe, for the first time, in recorded history, 232 episodes. It's been a while since we've talked about the Knicks. So uh, we're going to do all that. Welcome to the program. Let's get right to it. The program. I think I said that sort of in honor of David Letterman right there. Hey, hey, welcome to the program. Everybody has a Letterman. I'm convinced of this. Let's um, let's bring in the co-host and let's get his Letterman. Kel. Let's see if he has one. Kel. That's the guy. That's him. Stop yelling at me, Robot Cal. Please. Why are you yelling? Always yelling. Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hey, buddy. What's Hello. going on? Hi. How's it going? Hi. How are you? I'm great. You? I'm doing well, man. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you made it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I. I mean. I'm I feel like you're. It. Yes. Well, you're the co-host of the program. Your uh, right. your name is first in the title, right? I paid so, a yeah. premium for that. I'm glad you're here. Um, oh, am I distorting a bit? Our our, our producer and sound engineer uh, has just let me know that I'm distorting a bit. You know why, Peach? I'm doing uh, something a little different tonight. Let me fix that. Let me fix that. There we go. It's because you wore okay. pants, isn't it? It's because I'm wearing pants. That's correct. No, I'm uh, I'm directly connected through the studio tonight, Cal. Isn't that hot? You're I'm not uh, using direct Skype. Connect? I'm direct connected. That's right. Awesome. And it's uh, and you you're calling in on the Skype. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's I'm I'm calling in on the Skype. You're direct connected. Um, anything else we want to reveal technically about the show or? Yeah, we can absolutely reveal this. PJ has a headset mic on that makes him look like a Time Life representative. <laughs> he, he looks like he is going to sell us the Mysteries of the Unknown book series. Operators are standing by. Yeah, as is PJ. PJ is standing by as well. PJ is the operator that's standing by. Correct. And as a free Correct. gift, you'll get the pyramids absolutely free. That was, uh, I love the pyramids. I love that one. I had those books. Did you guys have those books? Me too. Yep, sure yes. did. The, which ones did, we had the Mysteries of the Unknown. We had... I had, I had Crimes and Punishments. We had the Crimes one? <laughs> that was a creepy one, man. That was creepy. That series of books was amazing. It was amazing. It really I must have read the Loch Ness cha- uh, chapter. Wasn't there like a Beasts and... Yes. Bigfoot. All of it, yes. Nessie. Yeah, but that was, part of the, that was part of the Mysteries of the Unknown. Nestle? Collection. What, Nestle. the chocolate? <laughs> Nestle the chocolate beast? <laughs> that's, I don't think that's what they call it. Frankenberry? Wasn't there a chapter on Frankenberry? 
Count Chocula. It's all this mysterious chocolate monsters. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained, they had the chapter on um, uh, human combustion. Yes. Right, where it was just like a picture of a burnt chair in a kitchen. They had so many photos that would creep you out. And wasn't that the commercial with the uh, a woman in Milwaukee scalds her hand and her daughter feels pain in that hand at the exact same time in in yes. New Mexico? Yes. Or something like that? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I think I have these books in a crate in my garage. I have to go get them. Oh, if you still have them. Wow. Go, no, go ahead. We'll wait. Let me right. well, let me tell you something about the Cachopos. The Cachopos <laughs> don't throw nothing away. No. <laughs> we're, we're only we're only not considered hoarders because our houses are large. Oh well, excuse <laughs> so us. You can't. It, hasn't, it hasn't caught up with us yet. Right. If you if you lived in smaller housing, you would totally be hoarders. On my bookshelves now. In my living room are my grandmother's tchotchkes. Wow. That's, yeah, you got to go out of your house. Yeah. And we you know exactly what away. when you say tchotchkes, too. Nicknames. It's a tchotchke. Yeah. Do you have a um, – a, uh, I have a great one in my kitchen from my grandmother. It's a Florida um, uh, spoon uh, – what do you call that? Like spoon tray. Like spoon when you take, yeah, for the for the gravy, yeah, when you take the spoon out of the gravy and you got to put it down on the counter, it's a spoon thing, on the spoon tray. From Florida, it says Florida. I believe it is from 1987. Mm. Somewhere in there, circa 1987. And it and it every every morning it has my uh, my coffee spoon. Goes right on it. After my I said the coffee, my sister has already informed me that after the passing of my parents, she has laid dibs on Morbid. their cutting board, which is shaped like a little piggy that they've had since you know we were children. Cal, she told me are you, you're, you're are you not getting the pig cutting board. Are you about to say the same thing that I am? I don't know. Uh, were you going to say, how does a conversation like that take place? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I wish I would. She just drops those bombs on me. <laughs> yeah, where does that one come out? Is that at Christmas dinner? or Listen, with your parents right there, listen, when you guys like this, are, are done, I'm, I'm getting the fish cutting board. Does she make a phone call to you specifically to tell you that? <laughs> No, you know what? It, it, it'll be like Thanksgiving dinner, and they're in the other room, but she and I are, are clearing the table, and she'll just walk behind me and say that. I'm getting that. Yeah. Are you the guys string beans were really good. They were really tender. By the way, don't put your hands on the piggy cutting board. It's mine. She putting uh, post-its on them? We did that <laughs> as a joke once. Just walking around your parents' house, like, putting post-its on stuff? My parents went on a cruise to Europe, and they were very uh, paranoid about terrorism. 
So they left all these, you know, instructions about where the insurance papers were and where the will right. was and all these things. And we thought they were just being absurd. So as a joke, I went over there and I put post-its on every single thing in their house. And I wrote PJ or Laura on all the different <laughs> Laura's my sister's name on every single thing on their house. So when they came back, there were thousands of post-its on everything where we had laid claim. <laughs> and we were like, oh, oh, we, uh, we oh, had made planned it. on you dying. We had planned on you dying in Europe. <laughs> and, and certainly we while we're thought happy, it was funny. We're, we're certainly happy you made it back. We're going to have right. to take a few pictures real quick so we remember everything that we laid claim to. <laughs> the clock radio in the bathroom, that's mine. Can you please get out of the picture I'm taking? You guys are like taking Polaroids like it's a crime scene. Dad, please move over a little bit. I want to see. I want to see who gets that spice rack. No, what I was going to say is I I made a piggy cutting board in wood shop in junior high. No, it had to be high school, right, Cal? I don't recall making one. What did you make in shop? I even routed it. It's my mother my mother still has it. It's a piggy cheese cutting board. And my mother still has it and everything. It, it was I'm going to say I am not crafty. I do not build things. I am not a carpenter. And then it's the only thing I ever put together made out of wood that is worth that is, exists and functions as a working thing. Pretty damn proud of that pig. Look, you did it. Can't, I did it. I done did it. Did you take shop, Cal? I I think I did. You had to. I had I to, like. right? I don't I remember. Think. It's been a yeah. long time. It's been a while. Um, I could have. Do you remember none of your projects, or you just don't want to bring them up? No, I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I feel like I made an ashtray at one point. Everybody made an ashtray, right? You made a real ashtray of yourself. I made a bat rack. You made a bat rack? Yes. Bird backerack? I made a big wood bird backerack. No, I made a bat rack. I took the the plans for a gun rack. And instead of making the Which slots, they had where the, just laying around. <laughs> I mean, I wonder where that. I wonder where that is. Gosh, I totally forgot I made that. It was so cool, Cal. Like instead of the slots where the gun would be, I rounded and made them for a bat. Right. And it had and it held four bats, and it had a shelf on the bottom for baseballs. That's amazing. I want, oh. Man, I wonder if my mother still has that. We'll wait. You gonna check? <laughs> Let me Should call, I call my mom. <laughs> yeah, PJ, while you're out in the while you're out in the garage getting the books, give Steve's mom a call. Call Ange. Uh... She is no doubt right now having a cup of coffee, two hundred to three hundred cigarettes, and reading a book. No doubt. There's, that's where you can find out. And listening to No Doubt, she's sitting on the lanai in Florida, having having a cigarette, drinking coffee, reading a Harlequin romance. There is no doubt. That is that is that is that is written in stone. 
Um, eating a Stella Doro S cookie? She's probably having a Stella Doro S cookie, yes. I would say chances are good. There's either a Stella Doro breadstick or a Stella Doro S cookie involved. With the Anazette toast? With the Anazette toast. Remember those commercials? The, the uh, Stella Doro commercials? Fantastic. Which the breakfast treat? Yeah, the breakfast. That, that was it. The breakfast treat. <laughs> the cookies for breakfast? That's it. Don't talk. These aren't cookies. Eat. These are Stella Dora breakfast treats. Don't talk. Eat. <laughs> They're in a dark kitchen. Right. Stella yeah, Dora. Why is the kitchen so dark? Right. Like, it's so threatening. Like, like there, shut up or I'm going to kill you. There was something <laughs> weird about that commercial, yeah. Right? It's a bit menacing, the Stella Dora breakfast treat. <laughs> If I turn these lights on, you die. Uh, <laughs> Is this a breakfast treat or a international espionage? Um, I don't know why espionage very goes up. Very New York. Yeah, those were very New York uh, cookies. I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I had those for for breakfast. Definitely the S cookie at night. Nice to dunk in the dunk in the coffee or anything. I dunk them yeah. in root beer. What? Cow, what's that? cookies. Tremendous for soaking up soda. Are you kidding? Really? Wow. I, I love that. Oh, we, we seem to have lost your mic, Cal. Are you muted? Quick, what Cal, say a, say, say a nasty swear word. He's got to go out <laughs> and come back in. You know the formula. Yes. Make, make him go out it and come he, back in. It says he's still connected. Very weird. He is, but he's out. He's done. He's done. That was it. And there was nothing we could do. And there was nothing to be said? Listen. Listen to me. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm doing? I know. What are you doing? I'm doing hybrid fruit. You know about the hybrid fruit? <laughs> Don't laugh at me. And this is where the show gets away from us. <laughs> well, we're waiting for Cal. So I'm saying hybrid fruit. Uh, I, well, tell me what a hybrid fruit is while I try to figure out how to get Cal into the show here. Do you ever have a plumacot or a plumcot? Stop the madness. There's no such thing exists. You're making it up. Sometimes called a pluot. A what? It's a cross between a plum and an apricot. Oh, you're drunk. No, it's, this is... Do you need to do this? I need You've to... You've seen these in a this. plum and an apricot. Yes. Oh, hold on. Peach, keep talking about this. I'm going to uh, to Skype into the show. Keep talking. And <laughs> then he goes to Skype. Listen, this is how it works. They cross a plum with an apricot, or an apricot with a plum. I don't think the order matters. Then you got, um, you've seen these, uh, the tangelos, right? Citrus, which is a tangerine yes. with a grapefruit. Amazing. Sure. You've had tangelos? I've had tangelos. I did. I, right, I think about, I didn't realize that was a hybrid fruit. 
hybrid entirely fruit, possible fruit? That, that I thought that was ever, just the name of that particular thing. Ever have the ugly fruit? Ugly fruit? G-L-I. It's called ugly fruit. Uh, no. No? Okay. No. Well, that's a, all right. Tayberries? <laughs> what? Vic Tayberry? Listen, if, if you... I'm not doing a buckwheat impression. I want Tayberries. The... Okay. If you walk around your, your... If you walk around a respectable store's produce section, you will find all of these. They're just they're just in tiny bins. Tayberry is um I think it's a cross between the the raspberry and the blackberry. Amazing. Lime quat. Don't have to tell you what that is. This is lime and a kumquat. Hybrid fruit, man. <laughs> just you don't have to tell me what that is. Just a lime and a kumquat. That's all. <laughs> it's a lime and a kumquat. Standard lime and a kumquat. I, I think I think that that is probably that was probably bred to be the perfect thing to put in a gin and tonic, a lime quad. I'm going to find them just to have them in my gin and tonics. That's actually not a bad idea. Now you're talking. Now if you can Thank get you hybrid fruit with alcohol, now we have something. Yeah. That's right. You know they make something called a blood lime. You crust the blood yeah. orange with a lime. And you get a lime that's basically purple. That sounds amazing. Thank you. I'm done. What is what are the benefits here of this of this here fruit? You get to show them to your friends, and they don't know what it is. So you look cool, and they look dumb. The end. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the it. big advantage. You look at this. Look what I did. Look at look at me. Oh, good. Well, good for you. And and this is a new uh, new idea for you. I'm getting tired of buying uh, oranges and apples. That's all. You got a specialty got store with No specialty store. I got uh, a farmer's market to the left of me and a Wegmans to the right of me. So I just go to either place. Who are you, Jerry Rafferty? <laughs> <laughs> Farms to the left of me, groceries to my right. Here I am. Um, I'm crossing well, fruits with you. Can we, can we, can we put a pin in hybrid fruits and get to those? Uh, get to those in the fun load. No, you know what I want to do in the fun load is is uh, that's summer all movies. That's hybrid fruits. You can't really expound on them any more than that. No, that's pretty much it. I think you named them all. Movies. I think Cal's trying to call back in. I hope he. I hope he is. Isn't Arnold in a new serious movie? Arnold, wait, Schwarzenegger? He has like three movies coming out this summer. Yeah, he's he's in, he's back, baby. I'm gonna tell you how we're gonna do this, though, Peach. I'm gonna, I'm, I, ha- I have a good idea for how we're gonna do it. There's a, there's definitely an in and an approach to it. That'll be that'll be unique to us. So, if you had to do one impression, yeah, right. So they they come to you and they say, "Look, you got to do one impression to save your cat's life." 
This is it. Right. And the the accuracy of the impression will determine whether the cat lives. Oh no. What are you what yeah. are you doing? Get down. <laughs> You're going Schwarzenegger? Dana. You have to take into account also the rarity, like the so if you can do an impression that like maybe nobody else can do or is seldom done, I think they're gonna they're gonna your cat stands a better chance of living too. <laughs> See, because then if I were you I would think about maybe a Gallagher. <laughs> and what are the chances anybody recognizes that it's Gallagher? That's the um, thing. That's, that's the thing. The, the the fate of your cat <laughs> is <laughs> is based on these people who are very very good judges of of impressions. Right. I think I think you go Gallagher, or you go the 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 father for, or the uh, the surrogate from Punky Brewster. Do of your strongest. Oh, See, this is the cat lives. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, punky. Oh. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger we... is thrown around a lot in my house. Is it really? My my. Well, my son does a very good Schwarzenegger. He does <laughs> the. Uh... Danny does. Yeah, he does. Well, he... Yeah, he does. He does the, the good sounds of Arnold when he's getting hit or when he's getting beat up. The What movie would he have seen Schwarzenegger in? Uh, it's all YouTube clips. Oh. Yeah, because she's not watching Kindergarten Cop at this point. No, he's not watching any of it. But you know, I was telling him about Predator, and that Predator is a good Arnold movie because he gets the snot beat out of him. It's not he's not walking through kicking butt the whole time. He really takes a beating. <laughs> right. So of course he went out and he found somebody who did a montage of the best, you know, the best Arnold getting hit in the face <laughs> videos. Nice. Which are out there. Yeah. I uh, a lot of I love the idea. with a lot of time. I love a lot the of idea free time out there. He's he's zoned in on. He's zoned in on Arnold Schwarzenegger getting beat up sounds. Very specific. Oh yeah. He's got a bright future that kid. Boggle. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Get down, Dana. <laughs> the cat lives. Jump, Dana. That's how- that's how we are, are judging impressions from now on. It'll simply we'll simply say the cat lives. The cat <laughs> the cat dies. And if it's a bad impression, sorry about your cat. Honest to goodness, I can't do Gallagher anymore after I heard him on WTF blow up right. and walk out. Yep. <laughs> That's because he wrote every joke ever. He annoyed me so much in that interview. Yeah, it was tough to listen. I'm done with Gallagher now. Speaking of, uh, today's is really good. Uh, Terry Gross. Oh, I'm behind. I'm still in the middle of Richard Richard Lewis. Right, so it's Marin interviewing Terry Gross in front of a live studio audience. 
not a live studio audience, a live theater. No, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't Alice. Uh, <laughs> Tonight's and, episode uh, is taped before a live studio audience. Tonight's interview with Terry Gross is taped in front. Of, right. Um, and it was interesting to hear Terry Gross be interviewed. You know, her of Fresh Air fame. Do you listen to the Fresh Air? Occasionally. Do you find it's a little uh, too precious sometimes? I find all of NPR is a little too precious at times, but other times it's like the perfect thing. So Right. Overall I'm positive yeah. on NPR. Hey, what do you when think I, of uh before we get Cal back, what do you think of when <laughs> I first... Cal oh my god, Calvi, you're the best. What do you think of uh, Harry Shearer walking out on the Simpsons? Or being yeah, fired from the Simpsons? He, now his WTF was extraordinarily interesting because he's burned. He just doesn't get along with a ton of people, and Certainly. he's unbelievably. There's another word. We could leave off the ly there. Um, All right. Well, because he's very, very difficult. Like, how does he not get along with Michael McCann? You know, I. I my question would be, Peach, how much money is he throwing away? Or is he throwing away money? Like, you get paid... Oh. He's going to get paid, or he's been getting paid on The Simpsons in perpetuity. He even alluded to it on on WTF. Like, he's, he's a gazillionaire right. because of The Simpsons. So... Are you throwing right. money... Out of sheer or... volume, though, because, because for the first ten years, they were not getting... Anything close to good money on The Simpsons. No, but the, but the last ten they have, and it's it'll be in syndication forever. Thanks, right? Paul. They've done like 500... <laughs> <laughs> They've done like 500 episodes. I just... They don't, have. I, I don't understand why he can't get along with people. It's not bothering me that much. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... I, uh... I think he's one of those guys who, uh, you know, needs the uh, he needs the caress. He needs to be uh, lauded a lot. I think. Right. right. He's a lot like me. Like to be called a genius as often as possible. Or the delicate genius. You know how we I are, get. We are waiting for Cal's uh, computer to reboot. And uh, he will join us, and we will talk about sports at some point. But right now, the, the bishop and I are having a lovely conversation about hybrid fruits and why Harry Shearer is a jerk. So good, everybody. We are. I'm gonna. I'm going to suggest. I have. I have a question for you, though. Did you catch? Um, did you catch Louis C.K.'s monologue on SNL? No. No, I missed oh. the whole thing. Oh come on. This is. I need to do this. I'll do this. It brings up a great, it brings up a great sort of question, and that is, Why is not even Louis sort of. CK running for office? No, it brings up the question of where is the line, and if is somebody that good that they can stand on the line of good taste and what's funny, and how much mastery of the instrument. And the medium does Louis C.K. have right now? Because oh, he, he, oh, I have to see this now. 
Yeah, he did an entire bit about uh, pedophilia. And and <laughs> I had seen, like, Twitter explode about it and people getting all pissed off and, and all up in arms. And, and, and I understand a lot of that, but it was... And he even joked, and, and you know, as he got through it, like he finished the bit page, and he goes, "Okay, we got through it. Okay, we made it. We, we made wow. it through." You know, it was almost as if he he was trying to see, not if he could get away with it, but if he can stand on that line and do it, yeah, and have it. You know, he's he's straddled that line so much the last five seven years. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's right there. I mean, it is right there on the line. It is close. I thought it was. I thought the angle that he's trying to come at it from was funny. And it, that's one it of the, that's one of those words. You know what I mean? People hear that word. That's one of those words. And are we thinking about this because it's being broadcast or just like, is he going so verboten that if I saw this in a club, I might walk out? I, that's, I, you, you, no, part of it had to be doing it on Saturday Night Live. If you saw this, if you went to see him at the store and you saw this, you would be like, he's a genius. If you saw it on a special, again, I've seen worse. This is doing it on NBC. Yeah. And it's close. <laughs> it really is close. You can see You him. know what, though? I mean, I- internet criticism has made everything awful. Yes. You know? You can. Don't get me started about all those rapes on Game of Thrones. Right. You can Just see still- him... They're raping again. It's almost like don't spoiler alert. Come on, I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet. Um, you There's can a see lot his... of the rape. Just so you know. Great. Um, you ever see a pianist play a really difficult piece, and they're a master, and you know that they're a master, <laughs> but they're. <laughs> but they're but they're having to play a really difficult piece and maybe they get through a portion of it and you can see them like relieved that they got through it, even though they're a master of the instrument. Absolutely. That's what what this was like. This was like watching a, a master pianist get through a really, yeah, navigate like a part that he was nervous about. But he's got to do it. He's got to do it. He has to do it. And See, now I'm, 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 I'm in love with it now, and I haven't heard it. Yeah. Cal is back, I feel like. I feel at this point there? that uh, Cal has nothing to bring to the show, unfortunately. Well, there's a call here. Know why. It looks like him. I guess it's not. Oh well, he should be back momentarily. You know you're, gonna right find out, you're gonna you're gonna find out that Cal's mic has a little on-off button, and he just hasn't hit on. It's got nothing to do with the connection. Oh, there's no doubt he 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 was he was per- working perfectly fine, and then I think he paused it to go look at something <laughs> to, 
to talk about uh, maybe Punky Brewster and. Uh, no, no, no touchy la machini. Don't you know that rule? Yeah, no touchy la machini. That's uh, no French. No touchy la machini. So yeah, you got to check out the, got to check out the Louis C.K. Oh, I'm in for sure. Cal, are you there now? We're. Uh, I'm here. You don't hear me? <gasps> yes, we hear you. Great. Amazing. Hi, buddy. Hi. Why not play the music? Why not? DJ just reinvented the word vamp. What's that? There's a... DJ DJ had a lot of trouble right there because he is the producer, so he's telling me to stretch it out. He's making the stretch it out sound, you know, the stretch it out gesture, as they do in the biz. Right. He's got to stretch it out, too. So I'm making it right back. Him and the two of us are making the stretch it out gesture. Here's the I'm funny... rubber, your glue, you stretch it, and I'll stretch it to you. Oh, that's dirty. Wait that's a minute. Filthy. That's just something. To... I want to make a suggestion, Steve, that you take the first half hour of this program, cut it off, and stick it on the end. Yes. As like deleted gonna... scenes. Bonus. That is what we're going to do. Start Starting right here, baby. Three... To well, the funny one. thing, before you do that... Get down! Before you do that, and then you... Hey, can, nah. and then you when, I, when I finish my anecdote, then you can count it down. Because um, this, is, this has been a fun half hour so far. Uh, I was listening to the Uvu feed, which apparently PJ is not muted, but you are. Right. So I can only hear PJ's half of the conversation. <laughs> right? So I'm listening, and all I hear is him listing the names of hybrid fruits. That's what we did. I know. That's all we did for the last 22 minutes. And that's what it sounded like. That's, that's called improv, Cal. It was, it was, PJ's part was brilliant. I can't speak to yours because I didn't hear you. I wasn't Think speaking. Think of what a treat. He I can only listening. assume that yours was just as good. <laughs> Those classes at Second City really paying off for PJ. Yes, right, and. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> well done. What comes next? <laughs> That's it. And ten more minutes. <laughs> Money um, well spent. Thank you. Yeah. Are you going to stay on the landline there for a couple minutes there while your uh, your computer decides? <laughs> Listen, what was what was weird is that I was I didn't touch a thing. I heard you accusing me of playing around with stuff. I didn't touch a thing. I was just I, going going about my business, doing my part of the show, and all of a sudden you couldn't hear me. I don't. Uh, I didn't mean to be. Buy Microsoft. <laughs> Ready to unload. Brought to you by Windows. Bend over. Time to update. When you don't want us to. Um, I was. I Windows. didn't need to be. A- we'll fix it no. in ten. <laughs> uh, oh, it seemed that you had gone to your computer to look something up, and for some reason that muted your microphone. I don't know. That was really weird. Because it was working perfectly, uh, perfectly well. Yeah. So I'm going to stay on this phone here, this handheld phone, for the rest of the show, so that. No. I don't think you need to do the rest of the show. You can try to call back in on Skype when you get rebooted there. Nah. I, I, I don't want to take any more chances. 
You are our risk taker. We uh, we actually asked the question, what impression would you do if your pet's life was on the line? So somebody's holding your pet hostage, and they say to you, you have to do one impression. It has to be fantastic to save your pet's life. <laughs> and PJ uh, decided he would do Schwarzenegger. To save his pet's life? Correct. His cat's life, right. And if it's not good enough now, next time you do an impression, if it's not good enough, the cat dies. Wow. That's what we call it now. The cat dies. I have two dogs. Do I get two shots at it? Yes, you do. So if, if one is bad, they kill one dog, but they don't kill both of them. That's right. I suggested that he does Gallagher because it's obscure, and they might go for that. Or, or the surrogate from Punky Brewster. Which he does exceptionally well. I feel like it would depend on the age of the hostage, the pet hostage takers. <laughs> and I'm done with Gallagher. Gallagher's done with me. I'm not doing him anymore. Yeah, you retired Gallagher, right? We've decided He's retired. that. Retired. Can we get one more? Can we just please? Come on. Before He's you, had you got absolutely. He's had a slew of instant impressions that have been fantastic. Yes. But the Gallagher one stands alone simply because who who the hell does a Gallagher now in 2015? <laughs> to quote to quote Lauren Michaels, why now? <laughs> when he was talking about I told you that story, right, Cal? Which one? It was Bill Hader was on no, I think WTF and, and he said <laughs> the first time he did Vincent Price he did it in dress, and it was like his first sketch that he really killed. And he wrote it and everything, and and it, it did great in dress, and it was going to make it to the show. And he walks off, literally walks off the, the stage, the set, and he's going to his next costume change, and Lorne Michaels is there. And he just looks at him, and he's like waiting for this big approval moment, like, I did it. And he goes, hmm, why now? <laughs> And he was like, makes perfect sense. A Vincent Price impression in 2006. Why now? Anyway, uh, come on. One more Gallagher. Come on. Come on. I got to do it. Come on, do it. Wow. I got to do it. Standing hey, my should we moral talk, ground. Should we talk about sports? He was sports? a jerk face. Come on, Peter. I don't like guys who are a jerk face. We're 45 minutes in. What do you think? Do it. Yeah, do Gallagher so we can talk sports. Do it. Oh, punkly. Is that George Gaines? That is George Gaines. Wow. <laughs> Gallagher too off color for you, punkhead. <laughs> Can you... <laughs> too off color? That's exactly what George Gaines would say. Can you do George Gaines doing Gallagher? I'd rather not. Wow. We don't want him to sprain anything. Oh, so the answer is yes, you can. You're just choosing not to. All I know is that your pets are dead by now. That's all I'm saying. My, yeah. My, if they needed me to do an impression, I would say goodbye. Give them their little <laughs> toys and be on my way. <laughs> you do your Francesca. What are you talking about? You can Sorry. do You have. No, who was the one you did? Sorry, kids. <laughs> was it Michael McDonald? 
Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah. I can't do Michael McDonald. You did it one night on the show, and you killed it. It was out of nowhere. Yeah. No, I can't do it if I'm thinking about it. No. You don't do impressions on, on command. You're not Rich Little over why here. The, why the instant impression works so well. Right. The only impression... The only impression I ever did was um, Burgess Meredith. I did that when I was on a radio sh- uh, station years ago. Did you stay in character with it? No, I just, I did, ah, you're a bum rock. That was it. We're going to need tapes. That was on the BLI morning show circa 1997. That went out well. WBLI? I didn't know you were on the morning show. Come on, Cal. That's fine. Why are you holding out? That's like real radio, kid. Yeah. I did last <laughs> Who was the uh, morning show? Was it uh, Hookie and uh, the Kookfest? What was it? Uh, the yeah, it was Hookie and the Hookfest. You had it backwards. In the morning? In the morning. <laughs> Zany and the, uh, the Nutbag in the morning. That's a good morning show. On the morning zoo. With Sonic ah, by JoJo. With, with JoJo on traffic. That was... Uh, New York sports. Hey, how about those uh, How about those Mets? Should we just jump right into it here or what? Well, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna fix this in post, right? Yeah, I totally am. I'm going to put this at the back and put what we're about to talk about at the front. Oh, so then maybe we should continue talking now? Or you sure. want to just jump to sports? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. I there's there's a lot of sports to talk about, but it's like quick. It's like a lot, yeah. Yankees, Jets, Giants, Rangers. It's like the lightning round of sports tonight. See what I did there? Yeah, lightning. Boy, the Ranger fans don't like you. No. I'm I'm no. gonna ask a question here and it's just it's a pretty random one. Twelve goals in two games is a lot, I feel like. Hey, hey guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to let you know. Dr. Erase um, Tank is unavailable. We had a, we had a call in mm. uh, from, from, uh, from Ev, and he asked me to do Gallagher in the green room, and I, I did it for him. I, I, just, I have to admit it. I did, I did. I did. I just did Gallagher for E Ray, and then he hung up. He's, he's still on hold. Do he's we on, bring him in? He's on hold. He's waiting for you. I'll bring him in. I think he's. I think he's got an impression for you too. Let's get him in here. He I feel is, like he's uh, going to yell at us. The former producer of the show. Uh, I ha- I have to imagine that this is his worst nightmare for this radio show, for this podcast. <laughs> we have. It's 47 minutes in, and we have yet to talk about sports. We had 20 minutes of technical difficulties. <laughs> Why? Which, which drove him absolutely batty. And then PJ and I talked about hybrid fruits. I have. Well, what, what are you talking about? I called at 1045 for a reason. I know that's about the time sports start. <laughs> <laughs> right on time, my friend. Stat, right on time. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? Uh, I I tuned in just just perfect timing. I I literally could not understand what a Gallagher impression sounded like, and uh, I was blessed to hear it, and it, it was perfect. It was perfect. It really is spot on. It's uncanny. Yeah, it was. He, 
he did it one night on the show like two years ago, Ev, and we still haven't fully recovered. <laughs> it's it's just Gallagher sometimes just shows up, and you never want Gallagher to just show up unannounced. Hide the fruit. Get a sledgehammer. Sometimes the, sometimes the best impressions are the ones that you completely take you off guard that someone even thought of doing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's how it, when it came out the first time, we were like, who the hell does a Gallagher impression? Who are you? <laughs> who who thinks and goes, you know what? I got a great Gallagher. I'm going to do that. In, in 2000, like at, at the time it was like 2013. Like who's working on their Gallagher at that point? He's, he's guy so hey, E-Ray, did you see the Louis C.K. monologue? Uh no. You didn't see it. that on. You you heard about it, right? I, I did. I heard. I heard the joke. I heard. I heard about it. Is we we were talking about this a little earlier when Cal was having some technical difficulties. We're all joined here, but he's been doing this for. I know you're a fan. Um, yep. And and I am as well. He's been doing this for the last you know five seven years. Ev, where like he's right on that border of. What can I get away with? And uh-huh. man, this was this was close. <laughs> this was close. You get uh, that word pedophilia involved, and yep. it's well, he tough did to find. Similar, he did something similar in his last comedy special when he was talking about the the uh, the sculptors that that sculpted the young boys. Uh, you know, whenever you go to a, an ancient, you know ruined place, you know, a famous place like Italy or whatever, you always see these young boys pissing. You know, oh, jeez, are we uh, out of delay here? <laughs> okay, you can say young boys. Fine. Yeah, you can, oh, yeah, okay, you can totally say something. But, you know, basically, uh, and he, he got in trouble with, you know, with people for that. I, I honestly think it was completely intended to combat some of the outrage lately about comedians saying things and taking their jokes out of context. Uh, to me, I, I honestly think that it's okay to say that stuff. It probably was the bad venue to do it. It probably was a bad venue to do it. I think you're totally right, Ev. And I think he chose that venue for that reason. Absolutely. And, and PJ, Absolutely. PJ asked He's me that. He's a smart guy. Yep. And he knows how to work the media, and he knows how to work uh, sort of work into the conversation into mainstream media, et cetera, et cetera, like what is comedy, what can you get away with, what when are we being too PC? And PJ asked a great question, like, if you saw this bit in a club, you'd be like, Wow, like you it was the fact that it was on NBC on Saturday Night Live. Um, he knew exactly what he was doing, it was calculated. And I said, I said he, he looked like a like a concert pianist, like trying to get through a very difficult part of a of a of a movement where like he knows he has to do it and he's nervous about it, and then he gets through and he's like, all right, I did it, you know, like well, like he even said, that's like, like that okay. bit he had about the uh, the upside of slavery. Did you see that yes. one? Yes. Right. <laughs> but again, on a comedy special, very tightrope walking. Oh yeah. He Upside doesn't. of slavery bit. Very yep. funny. He totally walked the tightrope. Ev, have you watched the series this season? No, I have missed the entire season. Have you? I've been, yeah, I'm an episode behind. It's been weird. I don't know if oh, I love it. 
Yeah. But last year, to me, was more cohesive. I'd be really interesting to get your take when you watch this season. Cal, have you watched Louie at all? No. Not this season? It's, I, I don't, I, I just don't know. I just don't know if I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm having that moment of, that I used to have with Curb Your Enthusiasm sometimes. Like, I loved it, but like, am I enjoying this? Or is this getting too painful? Right. Well, you know, I think when you think about his show, I I don't think you can look at it in any way like a traditional show. It, it, it really isn't a cohesive show. It really just is this, whatever's on his mind, I think. I don't think, I think he likes kind of turning it up on its head in terms of how uh, people view it. Yeah, and, and he's he's definitely doing that. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of Pamela, uh, what's her name? Adlon. Uh, I love what her. is it? Yeah. Pamela Adlon. Yes. There's a lot of her this particular season because they're going on and off about having a relationship and stuff. And I, I I like her in small doses. This may be too much. Well, this goes back to Cal's theory from last week, which is, Cal? Um, I don't like female actors. Theory, but I don't remember. Oh, you don't like female actors? Yeah. <laughs> I hate them all. I hate them all. Right. It's Amanda. It's Amanda Pete syndrome. But um, she's good. Hate what? What? That's all that is. I hate all female. I hate female actors. I, I just don't like them. They ruin yeah. everything. Wow. That's a general statement. I hate female athletes as well. Hope Solo. <laughs> Stick it. Politicians. Female politicians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm beginning to think you don't like women very much. So he loves women. <laughs> That's not. He just hates female so-and-sos. Steve wants to you bring like back Julie? the Globe what Theater, about, what about, where where women Julie, couldn't Julie, act Julie, and men had right. to play the female roles. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go back to Shakespearean, uh, Shakespearean-type theater, where, yes, young boys. We're back to young boys. There it goes. Full circle. Back to young boy. Hey, look, it's your theme. <laughs> hey, Al. I got to ask yeah. you a sports question. We were actually going to talk about this tonight. Let me ask you a quick sports question because you, you you would care. The Knicks get the fourth pick? What happened? Yeah. All right. I've completely come to peace with this. Okay. This is a good Tell thing. Me why. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. First of all, the number one pick would have been disastrous because they would have had to have been forced to pick between the two centers, and it would inevitably would have been the wrong guy. I'm, I'm convinced of that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So this, I don't think – I think they ultimately need a great point guard, and at four they have a chance to take two of the best two in the, one of the two, best two in the draft. Um, and if they don't like one of those guys, the other guy, Winslow Justice, I think is, a, is another – good option as well. I really think they can get a quality play here. The only thing I don't want is I don't want them trading the pick for a bunch of like average veterans. I just I really would like the opportunity to finally draft a, a top 15 player in the NBA potentially rather than just going for a bunch of veterans to get some wins next year. I have no interest in that. And I think that that might be what they do. So, hopefully they won't do that. Do you think that they are Content with 
whatever player that they get there at the four, do you think that they're going to be content with what is going to be another year of rebuilding? Well, I think they, they're going to have to make one big signing but keep the cap room for the following year, which is the big free agent summer. And hopefully if you have a healthy mellow, um, wherever they take it for, and one good signing, they can be relatively competitive. And obviously, right. you know, give me like a competitive for the playoff spot. But then you got to say you can't blow the cap this year because you're going to lose out in the following year. Because the, the following year is the big year. That's the big year. You know, Francesa made a good point. You know, like you, you can't spend all this money on these guys that are like are not going to really worth max contracts. You can't do that. You got to save right. your max contracts for the for the Kevin Durant. You just have to. And do you like the coach? I, I don't know. I, honestly, how can you judge someone with this kind of talent in their roster? I don't know. I, I just don't know. They had nothing. They had nobody. They had doesn't make. It's really hard you to judge somebody that. like that. Right. <clears throat> he gets an incomplete so far. He gets he gets an incomplete like uh, Daniel Day. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, D Day. D Day. No, no grade point average. All classes incomplete. He's D Day exactly. <laughs> Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Um. All right. Good. I, I'd like well, him to. I'd like him to take the kid uh, who went to China. I think. I, it would be nice to uh, to maybe hit on potentially the best player in the draft. That would be very nice. It would be lovely for the Knicks to be relevant again. Hey, you know, couldn't Phil Jackson have showed up to the draft thing? He's making $60 million a year. Why did they send Steve Mills? Because <laughs> Phil Jackson probably separated himself for all, from all blame. Now he, uh, no one can attach his name to their yeah. failure in the, uh, the lottery. <laughs> Actually, a buddy of mine at work brought up uh, a great – he's like and, – and this is the way the Mets do everything. So we were laughing about that. That They had a wonderful PR opportunity. They could have sent Anthony Mason's kids, right, and and sent them to the lottery and had it be like a feel-good story and, you know, had them represent the Knicks there and, and all this stuff. And, and they, they sent Steve Mills. <laughs> Steve who? Steve Mills, yeah. that, that elicits a lot of excitement out of the Knicks fan base. Anthony and, Mason's son is a very talented basketball player right now that almost went to BC, almost transferred to BC. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that's a wonderful PR opportunity, much like the Mets. If they have a chance to mess it up, they will. I tell you. Have you talked talk Mets tonight? Not yet. We were about to. When you called in, would you like to? Would you like to join us? I would because I need to know. I need some answers. I love this segment. Is this segment Doctor E Ray needs some answers? Yeah, I love this the theme for the Mets, by the way. Yes. Okay, that's enough. You got you can't play more than forty five seconds of that. We're gonna owe Paul Simon a lot. You're gonna have to do more than a Gallagher impression. Hey, there it is. <laughs> the Joe Caproso music. Um, are you on a highway right now, Doctor Ray? I am. Okay, just, just, are you jogging? 
I think it's Yagi. No, no, no. It's a silent yet, Jay. So uh, this segment uh, is brought to you by um, <laughs> brought to you by Bailey's uh, Irish Cream. <laughs> Pour yourself some Bailey's. Doctor E Ray Stat demands answers. Go, Doctor E Ray. Okay, here's my question for you. The Mets have incredible pitching depth. Okay, they have a ridiculous staff as of right now. How important is the depth? at the sacrifice of the offense. Why haven't they made a move yet? What is the problem? You know, I think right now, as it is, they they have a potentially over 85 to 90 win team. Why can't they? What's holding them back from making a trade? Tell me. I need to know. Cal? You want answers? Can I handle the truth? <laughs> You're not going like to like it. Do we have to do that exchange every time we do this segment? That's, just, yeah, like, that's how it has to go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Okay, let's go. All right, we've gotten through that. Um, what's the question again? Because you kind of gave us a lot there. What's the specific question? Why haven't the they made a move? Why I was very clear, I think. Oh, I'm done. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's your show. I apologize. No, no, it's not. It's not my show. No, I'm just renting. Um, why haven't they made a move? Because they have a very conservative general manager. That's right. It. So then that goes back to my original point. So if their reasoning is that they want to hold on to as much pitching depth, in your opinion, does that make sense to hold on to seven pitchers that are quality pitchers potentially when their offense is struggling so much? Steve. You want answers? <laughs> so, uh, we don't, do we have to do it every time? Or okay? Um, no, no. I think we covered it. Okay, thanks. The uh, honestly, I've, what he's done is, and, and we've been talking about this on the last few shows, um, but it's half a rebuild, right? So he rebuilt the farm system. He rebuilt um, the pitching staff at the major league level, and he did not rebuild the offense. The offense is three years away what he's done. It's Michael Conforto, it's Brandon Nimmo, although not anymore, sprained ACL. Um, but, it, you know, there's there's guys like Kevin Plowicki, but he's a kid, he's still not there yet, Dilson Herrera, et cetera, et cetera. There are uh, offensive guys that are two, three years away, and the pitching is here now. So it's half a rebuild. And Sandy Alderson is not going to make a trade of unless he absolutely fleeces you. That's it. Like he... He's not he's not interested in making a trade with you unless he he takes your lunch money, he pulls your pants down. He's got to like completely fleece you. Yeah, but and you've seen they, all these teams take their shots like Kansas City I last know. year. You know, I know. Teams, teams see the window like this is the window. You don't know what's going to happen in a year. This is the window. They're, they're pitching staff high class right now. This is funny Funny enough, this is exactly what Cal wanted to talk about with the Mets tonight, in that they're making so many moves still. They're still operating like the future is in the next three or four years when they have a future right now. When there's a window the open. Window is Cal, so small. This is the window. Yeah. 
What did you say today about DeGrom, right? He's at 99 pitches, or he's at 103 pitches, go into the ninth inning. Right. And they Pitching pitch- a one-hitter, he's retired 23 guys in a row. He's got 103 pitches, and they take him out because they want to save his arm for later in the season. He just had a five-pitch. He had like a sore hip, a sore shoulder. He was fine. He could have gone out there. That's an excuse. They're making Whatever. excuses. They did the same thing on Monday with Harvey, and they lost the game. Well, they they lost the lead. Harvey was in complete yeah. control of the game on Monday. They took him out of the game, and they lost the lead. So they're making moves for the future. Go ahead. I, I don't know if we lost him. Yeah, we got you, Ev. They're, yeah, no, they're no, making... I'm saying that was, that was a one-run game. Like, get some offense, trade G, trade Nice, trade one of these guys. Well, you're not going to get offense if you trade G or Nice. Nobody's going to want them. You're not going to get anything of value for them at this point. I disagree. I disagree. I think you're going to get value for Nice if you trade them. Nope. Hey, you wanted answers. I'm giving you answers. <laughs> You could get value for Nice, but you're not going to get tremendous amount of value. And then what are you going to get offensively for Nice? If, you, if you're if you going to make a you're get trade, a guy. yeah, you're going to get at best a utility outfielder or somebody like that. If you're going to make a trade for an impact guy, you've got to start talking about Syndergaard or Mats or Montero or, you know, and Montero's like an afterthought, like this bizarre afterthought. But but he's not going to I make that move. But you need to build the, the offensive depth. I'm not saying pick up a, a stud, you know, Mike Trout with, with one of these guys. I'm saying you need to build the talent in the back end of that offensive roster, and it's just not there. It's not. It's yeah. hardly there in the front end of the roster. Yeah, it's, not really, it's not really there in the front end of the yeah. roster either. But you've seen in a team like the Giants, you don't need that talent in the front end so much. You just need guys that have situational hitting and can step in and, and not be such a huge drop-off in your lineup. You know what the the situation here, Ev, is that you're saying all of the things that we believe. You're absolutely right. We agree with you 100%. But we're speaking from the perspective of the general manager of this team, and we know how he gotcha. operates and what he's not going to do. And it's going to cost them. They're 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 blowing their opportunity right now. Yeah, they they really are, and it's in, it's almost infuriating because it's not almost, as you said. Yeah, right. <laughs> go ahead. It's done. You can go ahead and be infuriated because they they have a they do have the the makings of a magnificent pitching staff, and they're going to send Syndergaard down next week. I mean, they're, they're going to send the kid down, and I I you know because it'll save an arbitration uh, arbitration year. And I was thinking about it the other day, and I was in favor of that. And then I started thinking, and Cal, you and I had a great discussion about it. And you're right. You know, the the move is to move Dylan G to the bullpen and let Syndergaard stay in the rotation. Syndergaard gives you a better chance to win than Dylan G does. Hey, Ev, you know what? For five years, for five years they've operated for the future because their team wasn't good enough. The pitching wasn't here. And that's fine. All of those moves that they were making was fine. But you you are absolutely right. Right now, the pitching is here, and they have a chance to win, and they're continuing to operate for the future, and, and it's maddening. 
I guess the part that I always question is that um, w- when is he going to think the future is, is here? When is he going to – what would make him say that? You know what I mean? Like it's very hard to, to know when his plan is going to come fruition. I, I mean, I think a talented GM would say, okay, wait a second. Uh, got to speed the timeline up because something's happening here. I think there are financial implications also where if, they, right. speed, if they speed the timeline up, then they're going to have to start paying all of these great pitchers sooner. I think that plays into it too, unfortunately. And also, and also uh, guys, financial implications from the standpoint of who they can trade for. There are certain salaries that they can't take back. Right, or free they agents. Take, yeah, or free agents. They can't take back Troy Tulowitzki and that money. They can't. They can't afford it. Because they don't know what their uh, salary ability is going to be in two or three years. They can't have another $20 million player on their payroll. Well, that, that brings up a very good point, Steve. Let me ask you a question. So every Mets fan's dream right now is in a year or two, the staff to be uh, Harvey, Wheeler, Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Matt, correct? That's the dream. Okay, so fine. That's the dream. Everyone, everyone would kill for that rotation. But let me ask you this question. Is it realistic the Mets would keep that rotation intact? Every one of those pitchers is going to command a huge salary eventually. They'll keep it intact for the for, for two years. They'll keep well, it intact, fair. right? Into Harvey, Harvey would be the first one that would start getting big money, and that would be in like two at the end of next year. He'll be arbitration eligible, right? But he's still he's arbitration eligible, which means he's under their control. So he's going to stick around. They'll keep this rotation together for the four years that Harvey's here. And then one by one, you'll see them all go away. So this is their window. They have a four-year right. window right now. Okay. I agree. Yeah. And, and, and they're wasting it. And, and they're completely wasting it. And the idea of, of what you talked about, with back end of the lineup, you know, a little more just consistency in the guys you have on that offense, right? So they go through these spells. David Wright's been out of the lineup for, for you know, a month. Travis Darno was off to a good start, but he's been out of the lineup for a month. And those are the excuses, and they're, they're, they're BS. They're completely BS excuses because David Wright, you couldn't count on him consistently doing what he, he started out the season. Okay, started out, but it was like 12 games or 14 games or whatever. You can't count on him doing that. Last year he had a terrible year, and then he was hurt. Travis Darno has never done it for an extended period of time in the major leagues. So why are, why are we saying, oh, that's the reason the offense stinks? No, the offense stunk before that. You're going to have these three to two games and four, to, you know, and two to one games because the pitching staff is exceptional and the offense sucks because there's not enough consistency from every position. We said it coming into the season: of seven out of eight spots in that lineup were a question mark. Seven of eight. Wow. The only consistent guy who you know is probably going to play to the back of his baseball card is Murphy, and he didn't. And he's been awful. And he's and he's, right. and he's been awful. It's I've never seen a team like this where you have two halves of the team, and each half, like the pitching is unbelievable, and the offense is exactly the opposite. It's as as good as the pitching is. That's how bad the offense is. So it's not even like, like a, this is the Jets in Rex's first two years. That's it. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, that's it. They're gonna they're gonna win. And the the other part about a Cal too that we're sort of neglecting is the bullpen. Is that he, you know outside of Familia, who's been excellent in the closer role, he put together a crap bullpen again. Well, he'll, he'll argue the injuries though, and the and the good players are coming back. Yeah, I I I know what he'll argue. I'd love to get him in here for the for the Doctor E Ray Stat Demands Answers segment. <laughs> He's an Ivy League uh, educated man. He can handle so it. Oh, it's true. <laughs> so there we go. I like All it. right, so he, he could he, that'd be one Ivy League or two another. And the two staff. of us who went to the little private Catholic schools that were not so much Ivy League. <laughs> be quiet there. And PJ went to state school. Okay. All hey, right. Who, who brought this guy? <laughs> you went to a state school that was far better than mine, but that's okay. It's just it's inconsequential. Um, Ev, before the other thing we wanted to talk about tonight, and before we let you go, and thank you for calling in, buddy. We've missed you. Um, it's, it's is the, the show. Is, is the uh, the Jets? We were going to talk a little bit about the Jets because of uh, Todd Bowles and and Chan Gailey coming out and naming Geno Smith the starting quarterback. And the, the three of us, uh, with our good buddy Dan. Right, we've been talking a little bit about the Jets and the difference between Todd Bowles and Rex Ryan and how enjoyable everything is. You had a little bit of a problem though with the Chan Gailey answering the question honestly about whether there'd be a quarterback competition or not. Are you how are you feeling about that now twenty four hours later? Are you still are you still feeling kind of frappy about that? No, ultimately I think it was it's the right decision for the team because uh, you know, basically, Geno has the upside. They know what they have in Fitzpatrick. It doesn't make sense to hand him Fitzpatrick reps when they know what he has. I agree with that. I think I would have preferred if if Gailey would have said that explicitly so that everyone understood the reasoning. And also, it would have been nice to hear something like, you know what, we came in, we evaluated the situation, we like what we've seen from Geno so far. I think the talent's there, let's do this. Instead of just saying, he's a starter. I would have liked a little more explanation. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, you know, tell us a little bit why. You know? Yeah, give me, you, listen, you, if, if Gailey and all of his years of experience says, you know what, I've been doing this for a long time, I see in Gino what I can do in my offense successfully. If he says that, who can argue with that? Right. No, no one no one should argue with it, absolutely. It's the offensive coordinator coming in and saying, a guy who's got 30 years coaching or 25 years coaching, coming in and saying, looked at the film, this is where we're going. I think he can operate this offense successfully. Let's go. I and thought it... I think, hang up. I'm sorry. No, no, not at all, Ev. I was just going to say, I loved it. I, I liked the idea of giving him the confidence shot and saying, it's your team. You know, I, I think it was almost as much for Geno Smith as it was for... Uh, you know, just to say it, you know what I mean? Like to to, to dispel any rumors or, or myths about a quarterback controversy. This, like this will be nice if it really holds to like go into a season without a quarterback controversy. We haven't done that since Sanchez in year two. Yeah, but wasn't basically, didn't Gino have the job basically last year? There was no controversy last year. There, 
there was certainly splitting of reps, was there not, with Michael Vick? I mean, Gino I the whole thing. Yeah, they, they said never that they were going to do that, but they did it. They never, they never said he was the starter. No, that was the problem. They never admitted exactly. it. Exactly. Like they 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 completely nipped all the crap from last year in the bud by saying there's no competition here. Geno Smith is the starter. They didn't do that last year. Remember, they said, "Oh well, we'll see," and you know, it's a competition, and you know, I think they avoided that by doing that. But the other thing, guys, that that um, uh, uh, Da, you know, uh, Dalvin from Turn on the Jets has talked about so much, and it's I started thinking about it more and more, and it's really true. Look at what they have done. Look at what this new regime has done for Geno Smith. Like, it's clear that Mike McCagnan and Todd Bowles have to like something they saw. Because they brought in Chan Gary, who's a guy who can, you know, put together an offense for Geno. They went and traded for a guy like Brandon Marshall, and as Dalvin rightly pointed out, Geno has trouble on the intermediate balls with accuracy. Go get a guy with a huge catch radius, Right. So Brandon Marshall is great on intermediate routes and has a huge catch radius because he's a huge target. He goes up and gets balls. He gets balls at the point of attack. He's a good, bad ball catcher. Right? And then he throws a great deep ball. Go draft Devin Smith. You know, who's probably the best deep threat wide receiver in the draft. You know, they, they, they've done, and then, you know, getting Stephen Ridley and getting, uh, you know, trading for Zach Stacy and putting together a really solid, guys, they have four running backs that can play. Mm-hmm. Ivory, Stacy, Stephen Ridley, and, and Bilal Powell can all play. You may not even need to carry a fullback. So, you know, I, I think they have done a ton to make him be successful. And to give him his best shot, so it's not surprising that there's that to me that they said that at all, you know. Well, you, let me ask you a quick question. Before I'm going to hang up and and, and hear <laughs> hear the answer. But Cal, Cal specifically, and and, and Steve, I want to hear your take. Was the announcement from Gailey odd? It almost seemed like this was a, a Rex type of situation where he has Bowles has nothing to do with the offense. Wouldn't this have been better coming from the head coach? Yeah, I think you would have I liked to have heard it. I think you would have liked to have heard it come from the head coach. But I think um, I think we've heard enough from Bowles to know that he's going to be involved in the offense. You know, go ahead, Steve. No, and also he wasn't asked, and Gailey was. Right. I mean, it was a direct. Bowles was not asked who his quarterback was. Right, and I don't think there was some plan where, you know, the two of them talked about it and it was like, all right, Chan Gailey, you're the one that's going to announce that Geno Smith is the starter. I think he was just put on the spot, and he answered honestly. Yeah. Now, that's not to say he would have said it. Right. You know, that's not to say that Bowles, because he has been asked in this offseason who his quarterback is, and he hasn't said. You but know, that is right. But I, right. I think I would have preferred to have heard it from, from Bowles. I don't have a yeah. problem with it coming from Gailey, but it would have been better from the coach. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't seem premeditated to me, though. I think if they had asked, oh, I agree. Both the question he might have deferred to Gailey, but Gailey was asked, you know, is there a quarterback competition or what's the quarterback competition look like? And he said there is none. Geno's the starter. That's it. It was a kind of, you know, <laughs> like 
Chan Gailey, like, uh, I think he's a Texan or something like that. It was kind of like uh, taking on the media. And you know who asked the question, guys, right? Well, it was um, Costello, right? No. It was Manesh. Oh. Yeah. So it was it was kind of like a Gailey, like, I'll tell you who's the friggin' starter, Manish. I'll tell you who it is. All right? Now you, now you shut your pie hole. Uh, I... You know, I I just like that they did it. And I like the idea that this regime, guys, is in charge. Yep. They are just in charge and on top of everything. And Bowles is, Cal, you said it, Bowles' reaction to, you know, Bull, uh, being asked about Deflategate and Brady, I mean, it's just so good. Oh, Evan, tell it. me it's not delicious to not have to justify Rex Ryan anymore. Oh. It's fantastic. It really is. It was, it was exhausting. So tired. All right, guys. Have a good rest of your show. I'm taking off. Thank you, brother. Uh, Ev, always always a pleasure. Thank you, my man. And uh, Thanks, we will uh, see you again. Doing a great Doctor. job. Talk to you guys. Hi, brother. Dr. Ray Stat, the, the best. He is. He's I the love best. It. I, love it. I love it when he calls. The best producer ever. Oh, oh, PJ, hi. He's right behind you. <laughs> I muted Cal's phone. How you doing, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now, sweatshirt boy? <clears throat> Just because I'm wearing a sweatshirt, you don't have to insult me. Cold. No, he, he he does actually. Yeah, where are you doing the show from? A, a remote? I'm, uh, or, <laughs> you out in the driveway? Nova Scotia. Scotia, Wisconsin. Yeah, Nova Scotia, Wisconsin. I'm freezing. Yeah. Well, it's cold there. Eh. Eh. What's that about? Um, speaking of a boot, uh, the Rangers, Cal. You haven't watched yep. a second of this, have you? No, not a, not a second. Nary a second of hockey since the Islanders were eliminated three weeks ago. No, that's not true. I've I've maybe watched if if you add up the amount of hockey I've watched since the Islanders were eliminated, it might be like three and a half minutes. That's not a lot of hockey. It's not. No, no, it's not. And 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 no interest. Still no interest. Following you- along. Definitely following right. along what's happening. Know exactly what's happening, just haven't watched it. You had a great question uh, today oh, <laughs> about those those fans clamoring for Cam Talbot to replace Henrik Lundqvist, which, by the way, the sports talk landscape today was littered yeah. with Ranger fans wanting Henrik Lundqvist pulled. They couldn't jump off that bandwagon fast enough. I'm guaranteeing these are the same Ranger fans that will fight you if you dare disparage Henrik Lundqvist and don't That's put him the in the proper context. You're talking about the king like that? Yeah. yeah. Look, <laughs> there's a history on this program with me and Henrik Lundqvist. There yeah. really is. So, you, so you, you're sitting in the catbird seat right now, aren't you? It's going on for about five years. It really had. Remember the, the Bill Pito episode, which is about five years ago now, um, was my first foray into uh, destroying Henrik Lundqvist. 
as overrated. Right. right. And I go back and forth, though. I vacillate. I go back and forth because I, I give him credit, and but it's tough. It is tough for me because he is good. To say that he's not good is ridiculous. He's a, he is some whoever it was today. He's a Hall of Fame goalie. He is a Hall of Fame goalie. I'm sorry. Sure. He just is. He is. He you just know? won a series. He's five and zero oh in game sevens. He just won a series. Yeah. He beat the Cap. I know you didn't watch it. I watched a lot of it. He beat the Capitals. I'll take him any day of the week. Seriously. And twice on Sunday. However. I didn't say that. They are. Uh, <laughs> you won't, you won't go twice on Sunday. No. Um, this is a, I haven't seen a lot of the lightning this year. We saw the lightning, we saw the lightning very early. We played the Islanders a bunch of times, like in November and December, and then we didn't see them again. And then we see them again, right. So they finished their, what did they play, three games against the lightning or two? Uh, uh, three. And they were done before the turn of the year. So it's a team I haven't seen a lot of. Man. Are you watching? I am. Maybe, you know, bits and pieces flipping back and forth between other things. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, I I know it is. Yeah, I tell you, I watch it with Wesley, too. Wesley likes it. Yeah. He's rooting very hard for the Lightning. Very hard. He gets that? He gets it. He gets that he's he's not supposed to root for the Rangers? Does not like the Rangers. Huh. I I have been very very conscious of the idea of hate the like not doing that. We don't we don't hate any teams. It's nothing like that. We just Except the Yankees. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. No, honestly, if there was if there if I was going to put that in place with one team, you know, it would be the Rangers. It would be the Rangers. Yes, that's right. Well before the Yankees. Right. Um. We just we just hope that they don't win. Okay. That's that's how I put it. <laughs> I actually said the other night, we're not rooting for them to lose. We just don't want them to win. I'm sure he understood that too. He He looked at me and said, That doesn't make any sense, old man. <laughs> um but he can get behind the lightning. He likes the lightning. Good. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, he likes the way they play. And Stamkos is, uh, as he put it, quote-unquote, like JT. Oh, that's a quote from him? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, you know why. It's not style of play. It's a number. 91, and and he's a captain. Right. And they're both Uh, Canadian, too. Yeah. He was was about to break down Stamkos' game in comparison to JT's. I gotta get that kid watching less hockey. Um, so I have watched a bunch. These two six-goal games. I think yesterday's is more disturbing than game two. Why so? Because they just seem to really do anything they they want. Game two featured a couple of fluky goals, and St. Louis falls down on one of them, and couple of fluky goals or whatever like game three was just beaten like you just you got beat and then they skated around you know 65 year old dan boyle and beat and 
And the the game winner in overtime was a softy that you know he should have. There were a couple of softies in there. Yeah, a couple of guys like left uncovered, like had no chance. They seemed to be able to score at will. I, yeah. you hate to say that if they get down three one, they're in big trouble because they just proved that that's not the case. Right. But you got to wonder. Is Henrik Lundqvist having a confidence problem? Do you think he is? I don't know. I think that... I'm going to be really interested to see how they come out tomorrow night because I think that game winner last night really rattled him. Almost like with the idea, Cal, of like... I should have seen it. Why did I not see that puck? Right. Excuse me. Like, I, I always make that stop. Why did I not... I just never saw it. Like, why did I not see that puck? Hmm. Goaltender confidence is a fragile thing, man. Yeah, it really is. And he's been among the best of putting a bad performance behind him. And, yeah, he's a money goalie. He's not... Big money goalie. If he was, he... He was as close to it as he can be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's always somebody else's fault. It's never Henrik's fault that they don't that's have not, a cup. That's not him talking, though. No, no, that's Let's the fact. Be careful not to put that on him, because yeah. it's not him. No, no. Hey, Cal, he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, and I'm saying like a professional in this town. Yep. He's He's well-respected. Guys from other, you know, other uh, sports like him, you know, like Jeter liked him. Like he knows his place um, in terms of the Matt echelon. Here in yeah, Matt Harvey's big Ranger fan, big Ranger fan. Great. Well, big huge Ranger fan. I got to hear about him pitching on the night that the Rangers are playing, and he's worried about the Rangers. Right. Which he's not. That's being ridiculous. Well, I I really like how Harvey's settling into this team, Cal. Harvey, yeah, yeah, like just as as a leader and just going out and I I I, I am I'm gonna go ahead and say I am very impressed with him being there as a teammate. Like we didn't see it last year, you know. It, it just all we had was his rookie year, which he was like here and he was a phenom and it was exciting. Like he's here. Right. He's here. He's taking the ball every five days. He's in the dugout. He's leading by example. Like he and Degrom clearly get along well. Like he looks like he gets along with the guys. He's like a leader. Yeah. Nice. Somebody wrote an Islander article on Lighthouse Hockey today. Uh huh. And um, it was just a just about how he still hasn't gotten over <laughs> the disappointment of the season being over. And uh, you should read it. Yeah. It, well, it, no, it says a lot of what you're feeling. You, okay. you know, you're not angry about the season ending. You're fr- you're you're disappointed. There's a big right. difference. And I I wrote back to him and I said, just when I was getting my Islander self together, you <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> Three weeks later, I'm still hurting. Okay. Um. Oh, and the Giants, Will Beatty. Did you see that? He got hurt. Um, what happened though? 
weightlifting torn pec. Oh boy. Out for like five months. Yeah, that's a long that's that's half the season probably. Yeah. They're starting big, left tackle. Big loss. That's a huge that just sucks. Yeah. Odell Beckham on the cover of Madden. That's right. Usually doesn't. Doesn't usually. Do you believe in the curse, Cal? Yeah, I do. So do I. <laughs> I do. More this year than ever. Yes. I love that it took us both exactly a millisecond to answer that question. I know. <laughs> you believe in the magic? Yes. Yes, absolutely. What superstition did you have when you played ball? Um, what superstition did I have? Uh, I mean, I had them going back to like eighth grade. Yeah, I had a couple. Um, before the game or during the game or? Uh, before, during. Give me your before. Before the, well, I would always get dressed the same way. Okay, same order? But put my uniform on. Yeah, no, yes, in the same order. My uniform, not like getting dressed for the day. <laughs> I had game day stuff that was specific. Yeah. Like what? Uh, like a, a you know a morning meal or something like that. Like a game day morning meal. Like I would never eat on a game day. I would never eat before, depending on what time the game was, but. I would never eat before 10, and I would never eat after, like, 1. I had, like, a window from 10 to 1 to eat. Right. And that was it. That was half superstition and also half... Uh, That's health a, reasons. Yeah, crappy stomach. But there were only certain things I would eat on game day or whatever, and if I had, like, a good game, you know damn well I was eating the same thing the next day. Right. No doubt. Like, it was a turkey and cheese sandwich for lunch... And I went three for four. Have the same thing. Get the Oscar Mayer out. Get the boy's head. And we're not animals. Get the boy's head out. Right. What did you have? What was your uh, What was your uniform routine? Um. Well, I don't want to get I don't want to get too graphic. <laughs> no, I basically would start bottom up. From the bottom up. So I would have like I would have my socks. And my sliding shorts and my uniform pants and everything would be on before I would put my shirt on. Special undershirt? Usually the same one. Right. Depending on the temperature. I had one for all of college. Yeah. And and if I had to wear like an over, you know, like a long sleeve or something like a thermal or something like that or over, because this is before Under Armour. Right. Um, it would always that T-shirt was always on first. Mm-hmm. It was uh, an emergency service T-shirt, my NYPD T-shirt, my dad's. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, my dad would give me. But I had the I had the old chain. I had these. I know you wore a gold chain in high school, right? Briefly. Briefly. Oh, we gotta bring PJ back in on this. This would be a good place to slide. Speaking of gold chains. Speaking of gold chains in Staten Island, I had a gold chain with like a cross, um, a medal, a St. Anthony's medal maybe, and then and a half horn? of a and no, never had the horn. No, 
Never went there. <laughs> How dare you? Do you have a picture of and Tony I, Danza? And I had a all right, I had a gold uh I never Medallion? did like the gold head or any of that jazz. No no. Um I had a half a best friend charm. Hmm. And some, some girl who remained unnamed had the other half. This is eighth grade. Okay. And that went in my sock. In my in, my in in the baseball sock, yeah. And that's of course uh, when we wore stirrups. We were stirrups back then, yeah. Um the bottom of the sock, like you was like you were stepping on it? I would put the sannies on, right? And I would tape it. So I'd put it in the sock and then I would put one piece of tape around it. Okay. And then I would put the stirrups on. In my sock. So this is what I think of your best friend charm. I'm putting it in my foot. <laughs> It had to be on my person. And then I broke my thumb in a game. Yeah. And I never I never did that again. Because I'm like, well, this isn't working. <laughs> this isn't good for nothing. This had the opposite effect. Yeah, this is no good. Well, so the chain went... It wasn't your ball, also. No, it was your ball. It was my ball. <laughs> should we, get, should we go into this? Had to be the hero. That's it. And guess what? Nobody caught the ball, and I broke my thumb. Nobody caught the ball. Everybody lost. Everybody loses there. The foul ball. Nobody caught the ball, and I broke my thumb. And there was no catcher to watch anymore. So, (laughs) the end of that. I don't. I don't think either one of us was catching that ball. Uh, yeah, it was right by the fence. Yeah, I think it was going out of play. I slid. No, it wasn't going. No, wasn't going out of play. Landed in play. Did I? No. It didn't yeah. land in play. It was a foul ball. Well, it landed, but it didn't go over the fence. It landed on the field. Yeah. Right. That we were going for it. There was a third a third party also, remember, was going for it as well. Dan? Yeah, Dan from the, from the pitcher's mound. So you, if you imagine you, where the ball, if the, the ball the was. That we're yeah. describing. This is a play in eighth grade in my last. Our last baseball game in eighth grade. Cal's playing third base. I'm catching, and Dan and, and Dan is pitching. And somebody hits a, and, and it might have even been Evan hits a pop up. Because we I don't were, know. We were playing, I think we would have remembered if he was if he was involved in it. No, you know you know who hit it. Seriously, you know who hit it. Was it Kanevsky? No, it was Rick. Oh, Rick. Kanevsky was on our team. Oh, oh that's right. He had he had switched. That's right. By that point, he yeah. was with us. Yep. Big rivalry game, Peach. Playing, playing Evan. And it was and, uh, it was actually it was the last sporting event between the two schools ever. Yeah, because they the merged. schools were all merging the following year. So the town that we grew up in was split in two into north and south, and this was the last time that these two, you know, three months later we were all one big happy family, but on this June was- afternoon. It was war. It was a lot like the miniseries. I feel, I feel like it, you know you could substitute baseball for the Civil War here. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. What it was. I was Perry King in this equation. Just so you guys, are, if you. <laughs> we doing the blue I, and gray. That was when JJ Bloom hit his like niece in the head with a foul ball. Yeah. 
Right? Didn't he hit a ball foul and like he hit like his baby yep. niece or something? It was the scariest thing ever. Yep. There was that. And we had parents thrown out of the game for heckling right. the umpire. Dr. E. Ray's father got sent to the parking lot. Well, I wasn't going to say it was his father. I just wanted to say parents. <laughs> hey, look. This is Adam, Steve. Jeez. Freddie wears, Freddie wears that at every event we go to. <laughs> and it was, it was because he was yelling that Dan was balking. He was yelling at Dan. That's right. Right. And he was yelling at Dan. And when we, when Dan and I were best men at Evan's wedding, we brought it up in the speech. <laughs> <laughs> because Evan's dad was screaming at Dan that he was balking. Yeah. And the umpire right. sent him to the parking lot. And then I broke my thumb. And we were 14, right, at the time? 14. We would have been 14 years old. Or 15. That's probably June of 89. No, can I tell you something that's amazing that's happening in, in the youth sports right now by me? Like like tonight? Like, uh, what, my, no, not tonight. Like right now at 1140? Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing in itself. On my son's soccer league, when the opposing team scores a goal, our coaches cheer for the kid and tell him good job as he runs past. So little little Luke will make a goal and he's on the other team and my coaches and all the dads will be like, yeah, good job, Luke, good job. There's no, there's no red-faced fanatics who are screaming like, what the hell? Who has? Well, I don't care for that either. Who is covering Luke? Nothing like that. Is there not a happy is medium that, Is here? that taking good sportsmanship too far? Yes. Yeah, can we Did not I say have that a... my son's team is undefeated? <laughs> you just wanted to drop that in. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> that has me. nothing to do with anything, but... Right. <laughs> and our coach, it's not even Carol. It's not, it's not uh, remotely related to the conversation we're about to have, but hey, good for them. Very nice. Good job. No, my, I. Uh, isn't there a happy medium between red-faced idiot soccer dads and coaches and the coach congratulating the other kid on scoring on his team? You know, you hear about it in sports all the time. People hate old-school sports fans hate the fact that there's so much fraternization between teams, right? Mm-hmm. They hate that. Right. I, I don't I don't think you can ever at this point go back to a situation where you hate the other team. You hate the guy on the other team. You want to kill well, them. Not in professional sports. Professional but it was but that's how it always was even when we were growing up as kids is you didn't really talk to on the other team. No. Right? And that's and that's kinda of how it was. But we've but it's changed since then. And now yeah. you do. And that's fine. And how many times even you playing ball, if you were if you were on base and you knew somebody that was in the field, you would you'd talk to them a little bit, right? Yep. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Pass somebody on the pass, pass somebody the on the back, they got a good hit. Yeah. At the plate. I mean, right. how many times coaching did I have a guy come up, you know, that I knew or played with it on a tournament team or whatever, and he hit a bomb earlier in the game, and I said, you know, boy, that hasn't landed yet, or you know, nice shot or something like that. Yeah, and that's fine, and I I think that that's the happy medium, right? There were guys that I absolutely wouldn't talk to because they were jerks, too. Of course. That I hated. <laughs> that, that, you know, I didn't care for at all. 
But it it sounds like and, and, and I want to correct correct me if I'm wrong, because it sounds like this is an initiative in the soccer league. Like this is what they all do because that's what they're all supposed to do. It seems like it is an initiative. We also have a, uh, a four-goal lead maximum rule. So if you, you know, go um, up, if you go up 5-1, then you tell your guys, all right, just pass the ball, work on your drills, nobody, nobody takes shots. Say like a back-off rule. A little bit of a back-off rule so that it, so that it doesn't get, uh, you know, really disheartening. I mean, how old is Dan? Nine? 30, 31. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he comes he up is, as pretty... Uh, he's 10, going on right. 16, but he's 10. So he's, he's 10. I imagine soccer's getting pretty competitive now. Yeah, they fight. They fight for it. So maybe if they're, if they're putting this sort of thing in in place to nip in the bud the soccer moms and soccer dads. Okay, I, I don't think the coaches need to, to do it. I think it's just a little too far. I think we we hear all the time about the participation trophy, right? Like a lot of people have a problem with the participation trophy. And, you know, look, it's fine. You shouldn't Most people are investing way too much in a trophy to begin with. Yeah, you shouldn't use sports to toughen up your kid. There are there are lessons I think that your your kid can learn from playing sports. Absolutely, like teamwork and responsibility and and maturity and um, and you know responsibility to other people, you know, or to a team or to a, a cause. Um, and they can learn sportsmanship and they can learn I mean there's a lot to be learned from sports you know I don't know why why you gotta toughen your kid up like why you gotta use sports to oh you gotta toughen him up like life's hard enough you know life's gonna beat the shit out of them (laughs) pardon my French but it is there we go I mean it is like do they have to go ahead I'm sorry Kyle no, no, there's, there's also something to be said for learning how to win and lose. Because yes, in, yes. in life, you're going to win and you're going to lose. And if yes. the, for the first 18 years of your life you only know what winning is, it's going to make for a rough young adulthood. I totally agree. And I'm... now you've just described my nephew and all of his friends. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't always win. Right. But that's I, – I don't equate that to – I, I mean, I guess is that is that equated with like toughening you up or whatever? No, you should learn how to win and lose. That's part of what I was talking about with sportsmanship and you know lessons that you can learn from playing sports. But I've I have not met a current twenty year old who has lost anything ever. That's true. It has been a winning streak since first day of kindergarten. Don't, but as the sports get more competitive and stuff, isn't that built in? Like if you're if you're playing competitive, if you're playing baseball, like once you start playing like for school and stuff like that, like in eighth grade, seventh eighth grade, and then into high school, like okay, now it's now you're gonna win or lose. I'm talking about like the eight year old. 
You know, the eight-year-old should well, definitely still win or lose or needs to learn how to lose and needs to learn you don't always win. Right. But it doesn't well, have you to know, be... A, you know what they have now for the eight- and nine-year-olds to, to promote more of this, you know, self-elevated image is uh, they take any kid who's not a complete spaz and and you can put them on travel soccer. Well, maybe so in your next... Oh yeah, then they're then you know they're told right away that you know not only are you you know you're you're really good you're too good for the rec league you got to go in this elite league because you're fantastic. Right now, see, I don't agree with that. And coaches from England are going to come and teach you how to kick, and and you know we're gonna we're gonna drive across state every Saturday morning to play a game with the other kids who are you know who are only good enough to play you. I that's nuts. I guess by toughen up, I didn't mean necessarily win or lose. I meant like the coaching you receive, or um, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I know what you mean. Like I just feel like the the emphasis on winning for an eight year old is nuts. But uh, it is and it isn't. You know, in in some cases the emphasis is is there. In some cases it's not. And you know, like by me. They don't keep score in an eight-year-old soccer game. They don't keep score. I think they should. As eight-year-olds, I think they should. Yeah, I agree. Score over here. Yeah, five years old. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) T-ball, fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I think the eight years old and you're playing soccer, you should keep score. Yeah, you should have a winner and a loser in the game. Right. There's nothing wrong with you, that. You put into place, like PJ said, maybe you put into place like a, not necessarily a mercy rule, but like a back-off rule or something. You get up by five goals. You don't want to humiliate the kids. Yeah, you go up by, in, by, by us, you go up by five goals, then the other team can add a player to the field. That's interesting. Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I I I also don't necessarily agree with particip- uh, participation trophies. Like we always got a runner-up trophy in the cha- uh, championships, right, Cal? We got runner-up trophies. I think we even got participation trophies at one point. Maybe when we were yeah. younger. This is thirty years ago. Right. And they. Wait, what are you supposed to get? Just a certificate or something, or a receipt? <laughs> a receipt. Validated parking. It's a coupon for wall bounds. <laughs> Two for one. No, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know if I agreed with the runner-up trophy. Right. You know, I don't know. It's, it it's was a really. Smaller. I, it was definitely smaller. You definitely knew you were the runner. I feel like I'm going to find out more about this if the boys, you know, get into it. But, I mean, I already saw it with the hockey dads, starting with Wesley. Right. I mean, Wesley's four and a half. And there's these guys who are just crazy about getting their kids ice time, and he's going to learn how to skate because I didn't have uh, a chance, and he's going to... I've said it a bunch of times. I don't have a failed athletic career to live through my, vicariously through my kids. Right. 
Yeah. You did okay. I played, I played baseball pretty much the highest level I was going to be able to play baseball at. Mm-hmm. At some point, at some point, talent catches up. Yeah. You know, so I, I I got pretty much as far, and I had a great time with it, and I loved it, and it was, and that's all I want for my boys. Just play it as long as you like it and love it, and that's it. You know, I'm certainly not going to put pressure on you to to do something. Right. Uh, you know, just because I didn't. Oh, God, that's such a sick mentality, isn't it? It, it is, but it exists. Oh, of course it is. We saw it when we were kids. Right. Ah. You got well, any kids in your soccer league taking out your kids' legs yet? Um, No, I remember I had girls, so it's different. Oh, Although the girls the, over here are just as vicious. <laughs> my niece, I remember when Sam stopped playing soccer because the girls were insane. Yeah, they're 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 savage. Like she got to eight nine years old, and the girls were like slide tackling and just beating the crap out. Like she'd finish a game, and she's like, "I don't want. I'm done with this." Yeah, yeah. I can't tell I'm you got, how many times the boys have to take a knee because. In the middle of the game, someone's getting wiped out. I mean, hard. Hard. I'm glad this has turned into Ed Randall talking baseball, by the way. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) What's that show? The high school show that's on on Sunday mornings, Cal? Oh, uh... (laughs) The guy talks high school sports? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. You get one punk on every team. Just gonna get a little too rough, and then you got a couple of kids on the team that are a little sensitive. They're not ready to get so physical yet. It's a bad mix. Can the coaches, if that guy scores, can the coaches say, "Nice goal, punk"? <laughs> Maybe. No, well, the coach, you know, the coaches oh, will call across the field at each other. You know, Jim, Jim, number twelve, Jim, what are you doing? They'll try to get him to pull him off the field. Because he's just out there hurting people. Just hurting people. Not even playing soccer. He's just playing tackle the boy, you know. Tackle the boy? I I, I killed him. I get him now. <laughs> nice. I, uh, I, uh, we had, or I had great coaches and great, like, youth baseball experience. I, I was lucky. Like, I, I hope to replicate that for, I really only had, like, kind of one idiot coach. Um, and I, I, and that team was really bad, and it was like my second year of Little League, so it didn't really matter. I mean, I had a couple of coaches that took it my too dad, seriously. Right? That was your dad. That's correct. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no. Your dad was a great coach. Your dad was a great coach. He's a great coach if you weren't his son. Yeah. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure Danny was going to ask me to play baseball, but he hasn't asked me to play. Next up on the couch is Cal. Right. Oh, we got so, to talk about. Yeah. Your dad was. Uh, your dad was. Uh, he wanted to win. There's no. Yeah. Much, no doubt about that. But it was. He wasn't that an, an all cost guy. I don't think. Uh no, certainly not. And not at the endangerment of his. Of his team. I had a couple of those. Yeah. But overall. Overall, pretty good experience. You know, I hope I hope for that for for Wesley and Casey. Casey's going to be the baseball player. Um, 
So let's uh, – you want to do another couple minutes here because I had a, a quick uh, quick question. Yeah, you look, like you're, you look like you're grading papers, Cal. Are you grading papers right now? Yeah, I'm doing some research right now. The end of the semester, Steve. <laughs> the end of the semester? <laughs> you're holding a highlighter. I am. It's a pink highlighter. Oh, yeah. His TAs have left him. Hey, look. It's the budget cuts. Thanks, Obama. Um, the, uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say it's almost grad student. summer movie season is upon us because it's Memorial Day weekend, you guys. Yeah, it's early for that, so I'm not really, right. I'm not really well, ready I, for I it. Little, uh, I played a little game the other night with uh, Teresa, just keep it clean, and... Um, where we we were discussing the fact that neither of us, well, neither of us, we can never go to a movie. Can't remember the last movie we saw in the theater. How come? We have two, we have two young children. It's very difficult oh, to get. Reason, yes. Right. Yeah. To get sitting, but I said, you know, I can't even really think of anything that's come out of late that I would want to see in the theater. Right. So we decided to take a summer movie look. And pick three movies we would see in the theater. What did you pick up the Entertainment Weekly and go through it? We did. It was an Entertainment Weekly. You did, didn't you? <laughs> we did. Three movies. We we had to we had to find three movies. We would they had to be theater worthy. And so I was going to put that to you guys to see if you could find three theater worthy movies. I don't have the resources in front of me to pick from, so I... I, well, I, I, I asked our producer to bring that up. Oh, okay. We'll go, we're going to go by month. By month? Excellent. Yes, rounding out this month. Uh, we're we're going to assume already that you've seen Avengers. Or, or, yeah. or, or you've something. made your choice to not see it. No. Right. So here's here's how we should do it though. It should just be would uh, theater, no theater. That's it. Mad Max. Is this called? Is this game called Theater No Theater? <laughs> we can if you'd like. Can we say it with a really thick New York dialect? Theater. No theater. No theater. We're about to lose the live feed. Please go to uh, iTunes and search for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete and download the podcast. Thank you. We lost him a long time ago. <laughs> theater, no theater. Theater? Here's the very current ones right now that you could catch this weekend. Okay. Start with, uh, you got uh, Mad Max? Nope. You've got uh, the second Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2. Didn't see Pitch Perfect 1. No theater. No theater. No interest there. No theater. It's no theater. It's, it's not a matter of interest. It's just a matter of the effort it takes for me to go see a movie in the theater. It has got to be. It's got to be theater worthy. Well, you like a nice comely woman. How about Hot Pursuit? Hmm. What does that Sophia mean? Sofia Vergara. No theater. 
Who's in who? Which? Oh, right. And uh, Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. No theater. No theater. Tomorrowland, Clooney. A theater. Directed by Brad Bird. No the theater. Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> no theater, definitely. Really? I w- I'd go see that. Theater. I think I agree. I, that one I would go see. I would go see that. Yep. And yet, I would uh, I would want to bring at least one of my kids because it's a PG, and I feel like I got to walk in with a kid. <laughs> right, just to justify oh, yeah. my presence in the theater. Yeah. Right. Uh, the new Poltergeist. No theater. Looks this to be a tricky. complete retelling of the Poltergeist. Uh, for my wife, that is that made the oh. must. <laughs> Thank you, Cal. And for me, that made the I'm scared out of my pants list of the first. Your, your wife has that as a must see. Yes. May like I take your wife to the movies? You may take my wife to the movies. You'd be doing me a huge favor. Could she become my new horror movie date? Because I don't have one. She absolutely could and would happily. It used it used to be your sister-in-law, but we have drifted on that topic. Yes. You, uh, she, and you can start with Poltergeist. She's she's not like a slasher though. She's more of a like a Poltergeist or like a uh, supernatural thrillers. She's not much of a slasher one. Okay, I could have taken her to see Sinister. Yes, but she's not going to go like see Saw. She'll see Saw if I ask her to see Saw. Did you see Saw? You two can both. You can seesaw together as well. She's magnificent on a seesaw. <laughs> um, she's a good seesaw? She's very good. Seesaw. Seesaw? Seesaw, not going to do I would say Poltergeist That's fantastic. is a... I would love a horror movie friend, my God. You got it, kid. You got it. I think we just made that connection tonight. She is dying to see that movie. Dying. Wake her up and let her know that she's got a new horror movie friend. Will you guys wait? That'll go. That'll go over well. <laughs> and well, bring, wait. The only and bring the mic. The only thing you. is, I'm I'm going to say that this new Poltergeist will not be scary. That's the theme of tonight's show. We'll wait. <laughs> PJ, is that a prediction? That's a yes. That's a Pistradamus. Pistradamus. I, I think that that poltergeist is not is just not going to have the scary in it. It's going to have a lot of jump scares that people are uh, done with. Hmm. Really? But it's not going to uh, uh, haunt my dreams like the original did for five or six years? Right. And make me deathly afraid of clowns forever? Or whenever the TV would sign off, you'd run out of the room? Correct. Remember that? That movie mm-hmm. destroyed me for literally like five years. Yeah, me too. Absolutely terrifying. My brain is a dangerous place to be when when there's workings like that going on and those thoughts get in my head. Very scary place to be. I'm going to mm. put that on no theater list. All right. Yeah, I think we said that early. No, next movie. What about... What about the Dwayne the Rock Johnson 
action natural disaster flick San Andreas. Theater. Earthquake movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? Steve, were you surprised? I did not Steve. see that coming. For two reasons. I'm a huge The Rock fan. And also, uh, Paul Giamatti is in it. Back up. Let's go to statement one. <laughs> statement, statement the first. You're I'm a, a huge, huge The Rock fan? I'm a huge The Rock fan. He's fantastic in his movies. I didn't know any of this. You didn't know he was fantastic in his movies? Come on. You like Scorpion King? Love Scorpion King. Wow. Did you, you get you can slow down. Everybody can't the rock at once. Okay. TJ, what did you say? The Tooth Fairy? I said Tooth Fairy. Isn't one that him? Yeah, I don't think I saw that one. All right. Get smart. This is like, this is like Cal's holding a I like the rock press conference, and the questions are just coming fast and furious. Right. Uh, oh, fast and furious. See what you did? <laughs> never seen one. Yeah, see what no, I did me there? Either. I didn't I didn't see the one with the rock in that in that series. <laughs> no? So you no. call yourself a fan. No, I'm not I'm a fan. I'm not I am not a uh sycophant. Right. <laughs> let's uh let let's review this one. Uh we we touched on this before, but uh, the Cameron Crow movie Aloha comes out next week. Who's going? Couldn't pay me. Couldn't pay me? No theater. That's a challenge. Why don't you make me an offer? (laughs) I'll let you know. I'll tell you what. If If I can find the time to get away from these people around me, for me, that's a theater. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. But yes. <laughs> you would go to the theater to see Aloha? That This is what I'm saying. Hmm. Aloha means goodbye for me. I'm not going. <laughs> if for no other reason than to report back to you guys. <laughs> Maybe I I should, I'll up. bring my laptop and I will live blog the movie for you. You should live yeah. stream it to us. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> Nothing that illegal might be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. If you have, if it's on your laptop, it's fine. I'm gonna go do a bunch of. I'm gonna go see it and do a bunch of Gene Shalit puns about it. <laughs> I'm gonna go see Aloha. I'm gonna meerkat it to two of my friends. <laughs> fine. As long as it's streaming, it's fine. That's the rule. It's fine. Just can't record I, it. I wasn't going to say hello to Aloha. That's for sure. Uh, Steve, you got any movies you want to talk about, or should I march right into June here? Let's go into June, baby. March into June. Like. <laughs> go ahead. Go for it. Entourage. Drama. <laughs> You, I just said this the other day, Peach. I saw a trailer for it. <laughs> I cannot possibly think of a movie that looks worse to me. 
I don't mean to laugh <laughs> like that, but it's it's so renowned your disgust for Entourage. Yes. That and not only did I hate that series, but the fact that there Why? is a movie and then they oh, I have a myriad of reasons for hating Entourage. A, I didn't think it was that good. B, um, I was jealous because that was supposed to be my life. And C, <laughs> and C, it wasn't that good. Did I repeat C? A and C are the same. Right. And, um, and and that and will B is envy. Um, C is sloth. No, um, and that trailer cannot look worse. Can't. Can't look like a worse movie. I mean, it looks awful. You know how it could look worse? I'll give you one piece of it that would make it look worse. Okay. I can. I, I guarantee you I can make it look worse. Pivot okay. without his hairpiece? No. You put Kevin Connolly in a Ranger shirt. <laughs> it's true. He would never do it, though. He wouldn't, but then, then it would look worse. Then it would look worse. Right. Or you, you could put Turtle in a Ranger shirt. Oh, he sure. Wear one. He wears a Yankee hat. And with the Yankee hat and the Ranger shirt, there you go. There it is. Right. There's, the dream has come true. Uh, Didn't so, say Entourage was a good show, huh? No theater. No TV. No Slingbox. No Netflix. No Hulu. No. No Roger. No rerun. No, no rent. No Entourage. That was my impression, by the way. Mabel King. Roger. <laughs> the dogs are safe. Give me Your a dog break. lives. Your dog lives. Yes. <laughs> Your dog lives. <laughs> Spy. Spy, starring Melissa McCarthy. No, no theater. No theater. She went too far. She's bridged too far. She had a good thing going, and she just milked it dry. Blew it. You blew it, McCarthy. You blew it. You done blew it. Let's see if she can redeem herself. Well, I mean, come on. When you get an opportunity to make this many movies, don't don't you take it? I'm not begrudging her. I'm just saying, as as a as a moviegoer, a potential moviegoer, she's blown it for me. Can I, I can agree. I tell you something? Of course. It's preview score. It's it, I guess it's been previewed by a few people. Yeah. It's scoring an 84 out of 100. Very strong. That's very strong? That's good. I won't go to the theater and see it, though. That's an HBO for me. I did go to the theater to see uh, The Heat. Oh, boy. Which was was the last movie that she was in with Sandra Bullock. Right. I laughed my face off. Hey. It was good. It's hysterical. You were among uh, friends. Was, that was Paul Feig as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was hysterical. Yeah. There you go. He you knows how to handle Saint, uh, Saint actors. Saint Vincent. <laughs> That's his forte. Saint Vincent. Oh no. 
Yeah, Cal, Cal can handle a plus-size actor. I can. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's not too much for me. Uh, I will not see that in the theater. Next movie. Uh, I'll skip over Insidious Chapter 3, because neither of you will see that. No. Correct. I did watch one, though. I did watch Insidious 1, believe it or not. You so did? You catch I did. You'll catch I that was, on cable, I guess. Yeah, I was intrigued by Rose Byrne. And by intrigued, you mean... <laughs> you wanted to oh, see Rose more. Oh, Rose Byrne. She was just on WTF, wasn't she? What? Yeah, you wanted to see more of her work. Yeah, I was interested. And Patrick Wilson. Big fan of Patrick Wilson. Isn't that the volleyball in Castaway? Right. Most people did not know he had a first name of Patrick. You know who's in wow. Spy that may get me to go to the theater is uh, Marina Baccarin. Good anybody, job. Anybody know about her? Oh, my. Wasn't that a dance? The, wasn't, wasn't she in the uh, the revival of V? The television series? I believe she was. Yes. She does a Marine? lot of sci-fi. What? Yes. What's her name? Firefly. Marina Fire- Baccarina. No, it's not. Morena Baccarin. <laughs> You're saying it like, she, like she's <laughs> in a, in a, a, an Italian children's riddle. Marina Baccarina. <laughs> Went down to the cantina. Isn't that an Italian cookie? (laughs) (laughs) Marine Baccarine? Marina Baccarina. Did you not see Firefly, Steve? (laughs) No, I didn't. I know, I should. I love Nathan Fillion, too. I just didn't. I know. Well, she's in that, and you'll love her. Marina Baccarina. It's not it. (laughs) Moving on Chris Pratt Headlining In Jurassic World I'm right on the border here I've been burned Before By Pratt? No (laughs) No By (laughs) By Pratt that SOB the <laughs> beast thing, no, by uh, Jurassic Park three. Oh. oh, okay. Oh, I like that one. That was fun. I like it too, but it wasn't what it was supposed to be. No, wait, is no, that, it is was. That, is that the Vince Vaughn one? Wait, uh, Vince Vaughn is in. Wait a minute, is in two. Awesome. Two, yeah. I like a lot. Three I don't care for. Three is Sam Neill is back, right? Sam Neill is back, and the hand gliding accident brings them to the island. Yeah, no, no good. No good. And they're going to go find a kid. I like that one because I, I, I like I like the way they did the dinosaurs a lot on that one. Okay. This one, uh, the raptors are our friends. Is that right? Yeah, and they're, they're killing this one already for, uh, for CGIing the dinosaurs when they could have done huge robot dinosaurs a la Stan Winston. And right. they didn't. They're Just already look for getting killed. Right. Yeah. I'm going to say, because of that reason, I'm going to pass. No theater. No, no theater. I'm going to say theater. I'm going. 
Okay. Our friends Pixar. Yeah. Inside Out. Theater. Yeah, I, I directed by I... the director of uh, Monsters Inc. Don't think we'll have a choice, actually. No, I think children. I've already have pre-ordered tickets for that. Yeah. Theater, and I'm sure there's a stuffed animal in my future. So theater. Well, it's got five main characters, so. There's right. five stuffed animals. <laughs> five Adjust stuffed your animals. budget accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'll be a theater uh, lest uh, there's crying and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Right. Okay, here's an adults only. Ted 2. No theater. No theater. No theater. Got Liam Neeson. Did you like Ted? I did. So did I. But it was good on DVD. Right. I was fine there. No theater. Again, I have very limited means, both financially and time-wise. Mm. Really, tomorrow... Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson in Big Game. A young teenager camping in the woods helps rescue the President of the United States when Air Force One is shot down near his campsite. This is a true story? <laughs> The blind superhero? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, no, no theater. theater. Are you going theater on that, Peach? You look like you're thinking about it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going near that. No, no, no. <laughs> you're just happy it got green-lighted. It's good to see Samuel L. Jackson work. He's uh, he really, really been struggling, huh? Yeah, it's really been a really been a grind. Now we're getting to the ones I'm really interested in. All right, let's go. Go, fire them off. Let's go. Magic Mike XXL. Didn't see Magic Mike. No theater. I might go to the theater for that one. Alone? Yep. <laughs> Middle of the day. Alone. Incognito? Sunglasses. No, he'll probably, he'll probably go wide brim hat. Oh yeah, you're gonna wear Groucho glasses. Nobody, will, no nobody will notice you. Me. Yeah. Right. Why would you go all the way to Cognito? You can just probably see it at the multiplex. <laughs> right in your right in your own town. No, there's no multiplex here anymore. It's a Lowe's. I know. I know. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's like a wall bombs, isn't there something like that? No, oh, it's, it's a Lowe's. Lowe's. Home improvement. Lowe's. Yeah. Great. Casey's not going to see it. I don't know if you guys can hear him, but he's not I, going. Is, that who, is, is he uh, yeah. He's joining in? He wants nothing to do with Magic Mike XXL. Did he just say no theater? Right. He said no theater. <laughs> no theater. Uh, what about Minions? Oh, God, that's another one. Featuring pretty... the little yellow dudes. Yep. Yeah, I'll, my I'll have thought, no choice. My my. My daughter is marrying a minion, from what I'm what I'm told. So I think we have to go see that one. I love the minions. I think they're great. So do I. Uh, but I didn't know you guys would be kin, Cal. Do they come with any sort of? And you have to pay for this wedding. Yeah. So the minion. I guess he'd be my son-in-law, right, Dave the minion. <laughs> what is this? Oh, man, the reception's going to be chaos, Cal. It's really going to be out of hand. I know. <laughs> He's got a huge family too. 
Don't speak English. It's just yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be a really rough. It's a huge. You got to pay extra for the uh, for the really low chairs, by the way. <laughs> I know. Just letting you know. And just get bananas. Get a lot of bananas. That should take care of that. My son-in-law, the minion. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. That's the show. Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> Banana. Terminator uh, Genesis. No. No. Theater. What? Theater. What? No. What? No theater right. for either of you? Not Haven't we done it? Aren't we finished? Well, this one features uh, Arnold and Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. I don't care if it features Emilio Estevez. I'm not going. Are you care. familiar with Amelia Clark's skills? I don't care if it features Amelia Earhart. I'm not going. <laughs> All right. Maybe I would go if it was Amelia Earhart. Ryan Reynolds in Selfless. An that extremely wealthy man dying from cancer undergoes a radical med- medical procedure that transforms his consciousness into the body of a healthy young man. Right. So it's it's 18 again, but serious. Super serious. <laughs> <laughs> I smell Oscar bait. Ben Kingsley. Ooh, Kingsley. Very well then. <laughs> Is that the body he gets transformed into, Ben Kingsley's? That's not a healthy 18-year-old. <laughs> oh, 18. It, I think it goes Kingsley into Ryan Reynolds. Oh, is that right. like a math equation? <laughs> yes. Kingsley. Divide by Natalie Portman right. and reduce. Right. You, you, you get a remainder of Jeremy Irons. <laughs> right. Somehow. The new Joe no. Apatow movie, Trainwreck. Uh, theater. That's the Amy Schumer one. Yeah. Amy Schumer, Bill Hader, Brie Larson, Colin Quinn. Yep. Theater. For sure. And, uh, that's getting tremendous reviews. All right. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. And then Hader in a leading role. I like Hader. I like Hader in a leading role. Hader is unbelievable. Yeah. No, I believe. it's, It's true. He exists. No no incredulity from me. No Ant-Man. No theater. Ant-Man. Marvel Universe. Paul Rudd. Sadly, no theater. From what I understand, Ant-Man paves the way for Marvel Civil War. Right. I will see that uh, on demand for sure. No theater, though. I feel bad about that. I feel like a lot of people are deciding that Ant-Man is going to be the Marvel movie they can skip. And I feel bad for Paul Rudd. Yep, I agree. Just bad timing, I guess. Stupid title. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it's a movie he, he has to do. Like, you can't kill Paul Rudd for taking it. No, certainly not. But... I, I saw that trailer, and the trailer had me right up until they had, like, Thomas the Tank Engine crash. And, like, it was, like, one of those pull-out-of-the-reality-of-the-movies, and you see, like, Thomas the Tank Engine crash into Percy or something, and, like, Ant-Man's, like, fighting on a train, and then it pulls out, and it's, like, a little Thomas the Tank Engine toy set. I'm like, uh, oh, don't do that. 
Don't do that to me. I was just taking that fight very seriously. No good. <laughs> yeah. Do we like Joaquin Phoenix? Cal stuff there. I think it depends on the vehicle. All right. What about a Woody Allen movie with Joaquin, Emma Stone, and Parker Posey? I'm going. (laughs) I'll be walking to that one. (laughs) It's called Irrational Man. Those are three names. Maybe it's called Irrational Man, like a superhero. I'm not sure. The Adventures of Irrational Man. Irrational Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shot of a guy throwing a roll of tinfoil across the room. Damn it! <laughs> Irrational Man. Uh, I'm going to say that n- not none of us are going to that. I would go uh, see that. Have we had enough of Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, I, would totally, I would totally go see that. Yeah. You go see uh, Woody Allen in the movies? Okay. Absolutely. I'll go then just to feel included. <laughs> You're Have coming we got with. enough of Sherlock Holmes? Sherlock Holmes, Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes, CBS yeah, drama, Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. Now there's a fourth incarnation of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I never see, I never need to see a, uh, another guy play Sherlock Holmes. I'm done. Cumberbatch You're not going to see it. Ian McKellen? Ian McKellen as a retired Sherlock? No, sir. No, sir. Wow. Okay. Cumberbatch. I'm done. Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Wow. Cumberbatch. Okay, here's, oh. a, here's one. Man, I am on the fence about this. Pixels. Which one is Pixels now? Pixels is aliens send classic arcade games to attack Earth. A 40-foot Pac-Man attacks Manhattan. Oh, that's amazing. Here comes Peter Dinklage as the world's... He comes out of retirement as the world's greatest Donkey Kong player. Oh, my gosh. I mean... Kevin James is the world champion of centipede, centipede. I am. T- I'm in. You had me. I'm in. I'm in. Well, here, here's what put me on the fence. Sandler. Uh-oh. All right. It's a Sandler vehicle. How much Sandler? I have grown. To, he's he's he, he's the lead as far as I know. Oh no. I've grown to distrust that man. I'm still in, but I'm going to be very cautious. I might be still in, too. I'm ready to be disappointed. uh, We lost Cal here for the night. Oh, come on. Yeah. What? His phone died again. (laughs) Come on. Seriously? Yep. Oh, my God. No we theater. have to have 90-minute shows to conform to his his Sports Illustrated <laughs> phone. Sports <laughs> Illustrated phone is Con Air. we got to end it. Uh, we're going to end it before we got to the August movies. That's okay. 
Well, we'll do August movies next week. <laughs> okay, so far, fine. So far, I'm going to see four movies in the theater. I think that's all we could ask of you. I think you're at like six. I think Cal's at like four as well. Honestly, <laughs> if stunned. I could just get out of here, I'd see any movie you give to me. He, he stunned us with the San Andreas call. Did not see that coming. I, he loves The Rock. He sees all of his movies. Loves The Rock. Sees all his movies. Wow. <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it. And let me just find that thing with the thing and the thing. Lower that. I can't hear anything. Why are you yelling? God. I don't know. You said something. I could barely hear you. I'm assuming you said final unload. Final unload. Final unload. All right, fine. I said it before, and I'll say it again. If you're not watching Veep on HBO, you are missing it. Tony Hale is killing it. They just brought on Hugh Laurie. As, uh, yeah, Hugh Laurie. That's right, damn it. He's awesome. They're just killing it. You gotta watch Veep. Go back to the beginning. Catch up, rewind, redo, rehash. Go to it. I need to, uh, jump in from season three. So I stopped, like, three episodes into season three. I will do it. And my Even final Shlumsky. Look- what's, what's her name? Shlumsky? She's killing it. You're saying it all wrong. She's very talented. Anna Klumsky? Anna Chumsky. Her. She's great. My final unload is is about TV as well. As we said goodbye to Mad Men last week on on Sunday night. And I just want to say, fantastic. What a ride. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I will really miss those characters. Really miss that story. And uh, the acting was superb. And um, don't believe anything you read about anything. Don't read anything, Peach. You're watching the series now. Don't read anything. But um, I thought it was really fantastically well done. So I will miss you, Mad Men. A thing like that. All right. That is all the time we have. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. There it is. Good night. Good night, Cal's phone. Good night, Cal's phone. (laughs) 